this is one of those cases of I'm paying rent on the garage, so I uh, might as well take the podcast out for a test drive once in a while. It has been five months. I believe my last podcast was five months ago with Twitch streamer Lohi GG. So, and actually, that has shot up to being one of my most listened to podcasts ever. So, that's pretty cool. It's um, nice to see that I'm still getting listened to. Um, it's here nor there. It hasn't been much to celebrate lately, considering uh, I can't really have guests over. I've been really contemplating breaking the whole. Um, how do you? I was never ever going to do anything by Skype or online kind of visiting or hosting. I always wanted people to come to my home, come grab a seat, and just kind of have what would just be a normal chit chat conversation. Just there's a couple of mics in between us, but I wanted to have a very um, comfortable, organic vibe of just I'm sitting and chatting with someone who. Generally, they've been either long-term friends or someone that I've been wanting to learn something from. And that's kind of been the the theme of it. And I think it's been going very well. I just crawled over the 2,200 downloads. Um, I believe out of the gates, I started this in December of almost three years ago. And then by that summer, I already had <clears throat> gone up to over 200, between 200 and 250 listens per episode, which... I was pretty pumped, but then once again, got lazy, didn't record as much, wasn't as um, aggressive with inviting people on as I should have been. And so things have petered off and just now with COVID, um, I was kind of gearing up to get better at it, of course, um, with the Lohi interview and um, things have just tumbled into obscurity here. And um, listening to a few podcasts and how they've done it, some have just been them sitting and chatting and talking which I've really enjoyed some of them and then there's been other ones where like Joe Rogan doesn't give a fuck he has his own doctor on staff or someone and he literally tests people as they walk into his studio right there I don't know if he's doing the swab up the nose or how precise or medical it is but he has somebody and he's been bringing people in regularly so I know I'm not Joe Rogan rich, but there's other people that have been trucking along, and so I'm going to have to rethink my format and just do what feels right. Um, I've reached out to one friend. He is a healthcare provider in the States, and he lived in Texas, and he went off to New York and helped out with that. And so I've reached out to him, and um, he has shown interest. He's just in the middle of moving to the West Coast now. I'm not sure if he wanted to GTFO out of Texas or what the deal was, but he's moved to the West Coast, so I reached out to him. He's still interested, but just once again, we're going to let his family get settled. He's going to get in comfortable doing what he's doing with his new job. And once that's going, I would love to hear his tales of just what exactly was going on and like what it is like in the States and just kind of the how tense is it and what's going on because they seem to be taking it the most lax about masks and everything in general and just that country seems to have soared past everybody else in um, the cases they have and just I'm assuming their deaths are probably far and away the most too and so now as it's kind of we're mid-July here it is July 13th to be specific and um it's, I'm curious because a lot of places are in what they call phase three, phase four, four point whatever. And so we're reopening. 
and I live somewhere that's kind of off and not as population dense. And so the numbers aren't going to be as staggering. And so when you look at maps of the United States and just see these big blotches of red of where things have either reared up their ugly head again or else they just flat out have never gone down. It's just that curve, right, of just cases every day. And it seems to be interesting to see now that things are opening up, like we have parks, beaches, um, everything that's kind of opening the doors to people being around each other. I've kept it pretty much to I interact with my son, the cat, and then I go for groceries every once in a while. And now I'm even trying to stretch out how often I go for the necessities of groceries. And um, like my mother's been on lockdown and I'm planning a trip finally this weekend to just go see her. But it's she's had no minimal to no contact. I've had minimal to no contact. So I feel safe being around my own mother and I went and got some better grade masks now too and I'm if need be and people are willy-nilly in a smaller town then I'm just going to throw my mask on and then if she needs I'm bringing I bought a whole bunch of like better thicker quality masks um and I'll make sure she's wearing something in public and we'll go about our day there but um a family visit is definitely due and I think that's kind of the itch that a lot of people are under now is just you one is like the social people, the extroverts, even if everyone claims to be an introvert in 2020. I think this has really hit some of the extrovert people hard. And it'll be interesting. Like, I remember before this all happened, my office had the ability to apply to work from home. And I applied because I thought I would love it. And so now everyone has had the opportunity to test drive working from home. And now that they're rolling out the phases of return, I'm all on board for going back because I am a social person and I like being around people even if we have to kind of keep our distances um, and there's certain paths you have to walk like you can't just wander around willy-nilly and they have people um, hired to go around and kind of wipe down the handles and the washrooms on a regular it's it's strange times like all the changes I'm excited to get back and see faces and kind of be more chatty Um, but the rules and stuff like that like a document came out a while ago just about how to interact I don't know if we're rearranging the cubicles to kind of keep people apart each area kind of has their own rules some have like filled their offices right back up we're kind of doing it staggered like the team I'm on I think it's one person per week and we're just slowly going to build up and then some of the people with health concerns or the ones that had been on a kind of a work from home test pilot kind of thing they're staying home too so it'll be interesting right like I'm kind of torn on it I can see we might retain some people like especially with the wave of retirement that came up with all the baby boomers being in that retirement age maybe work from home will be this complete um, chance for them to either work from home so they might stretch it out and give them more of a chance to pass their information on to the next generation of people doing their job um and then for those people that have health issues too, it opens a giant door. So I'm excited. It's It sucks what brought it on. Like a worldwide pandemic isn't the way to escalate yourself into this work from home scenario. But it's definitely amazing to see how things got rolled out. And it was done pretty well. And I'm pretty happy with where I work and how they've rolled things out. So it's very cool to just kind of get things rolling. But like I said, I'm in the extrovert category. So... 
I'm needing human interaction, right? So we'll see how this goes. Um, it has also been five months. Well, not five months, but at least I think I've been at home for three. Three solid. It's July. So maybe April, May, June. Yeah, so three and a half maybe. And so I'm kind of curious what other people have been doing to stay sane and kind of keep themselves level-headed during this time. Um, I've been actually spreading out and doing quite a bit of stuff. I think other people have just kind of hunkered down and are probably running the gas tank on Netflix to empty (laughs) or whatever they're watching, Disney Plus. Like there's been a boatload of streaming services that have come out. So I think people are probably binge watching everything, but it's going to end up like that. What show was that where it's like everyone comes out and kind of rubs their eyes and then there's the sunshine again, right? So at some point we're all going to kind of have to come out of hiding and interact at some level. I just don't know whether it's going to be weeks, months, or years. So I'm excited, Um, but I've also not allowed this time to kind of drag me into a general malaise and just kind of coast, right? Like I'm still trying to do my work really well. Um, And then I've set a few goals um, and I've been doing a few things. Um, I tried to do couch to 5k and of course me being me, being super injury prone, I ripped my one calf pretty good. By good, I mean bad. Um, (laughs) I ripped my calf on like the first day of it where it was like, run a minute, walk a minute, run a minute. And I pulled something horribly. And of course, I was probably the furthest I could have been away on this circle route I run. And so I had to kind of like limp home. And so on day one, I did that. And so then I had to take six months off. And it was not six months, six weeks. Um. And then I ended up getting a foam roller because it was just this really bad spot that's like on the lower middle calf that I pulled. And I guess it's quite frequent with runners. Um, But I just kind of went, I'm in my 40s, right? You can't go too hard, too fast. So the couch to 5K kind of got back on schedule. Um, I went out and got a bunch of, um, what are they, like... um, tensor sleeves for my calves compression sleeves that's what I'm looking for and so I ordered compression sleeves and I'm putting those on one or both calves depending on how I feel going into a run Um, I look like grandpa on the fly when I'm doing it because I have like jogging shorts and then I have these like black compression sleeves on my calves so and I'm not exactly and as I'm still learning I don't think I'm exactly breaking any world records for my pace either and so I'm kind of like jog hobbling along some days just because now I don't want to re-pull anything so I'm stretching I had been rolling on the foam roller I'm feeling good enough that I'm just kind of giving it a good stretch before now when I run and I just am wearing those compression sleeves because they seem it as much as I laughed, like I hadn't watched NBA in 15, 17 years. And now when I tune in, everyone's wearing these full compression outfits. <laughs> Everyone almost looks like Superman. Like they have these full sleeves on. And I was like, that looks ridiculous. And now all of a sudden I injured my calf and I got this compression sleeve and it feels amazing. And now I'm contemplating keeping it as just part of my routine. Like if this calf is going to be a problem or I've done some damage that's going to take longer time, but I want to get running out of the way, I'm going to wear this sleeve and it feels great and it keeps it warm and 
from the reading I've done, it's you're less likely to re-injure. And so I'm grandpa jogger with the compression stuff. I don't even know why I call it grandpa. I seem to see a lot of people now wearing compression stuff. So the science behind it has come out and it's, if it's keeping people from hurting themselves badly, which I did on day one with nothing. So I'm going to keep rolling along with that. But yeah, I kind of, even with everything kind of slowing down, jogging path by my place everything's one way right so everyone's going the same direction so if you're all kind of either walking or running you're passing people and there's very little interaction if you're all kind of moving the same pace and so yeah I've been pushing it and so I just had to take that six week break but then I got back at it and today I was up to I believe it was a five minute run and then another eight minute run and another five minute run and that's and then in whenever I do my next run it'll be eight five eight and it's I really enjoy the app how it kind of slowly stretches out how long you're running for and slowly shrinks down kind of the breaks in between um I've hit the wall a few times where I've kind of had to stop early um but otherwise it's been fantastic and I went running once with a friend and he's been jogging for a long time and his pace like killed me out of the gates and I didn't want to say anything and I should have out of the start because he was just like had a really good full flight like right into jogging is where I'm kind of like still baby stepping it until I get to the 5k and then I was going to up my speed and so trying to keep up with somebody out of the gates burnt me out once and I had to stop before I got my last interval in like he was accommodating my intervals but I was accommodating his speed out of the gates and that really messed with me badly but other with that, yeah, it's just, it's nice. I'm still trying to keep some kind of goals and some kind of like purpose to my routine of just not work, sleep, parent, work, sleep, parent. I want to keep things moving forward, right? And so we'll see how that goes. Um, if I can get my body into decent shape. The other thing I had done is I had really reined my eating habits in. Like last year, I think I had started and was eating healthy and I dropped about 20 pounds and now I'm down in a 30 pound range that I've dropped because the running I'm assuming is adding on to that and so now I think I weighed in at my lightest now 176 pounds and I was probably in the two teens for probably my adult life like I remember hitting 200 pounds when I was 19 20 21 I can't even remember and I was like wow nice I'm 200 pounds this is awesome and in reality it wasn't awesome I had hit drinking age and just I wasn't as active and then I blew up my knee at a certain point and then it's you just keep eating stuff that you're used to when you're young and can burn it off with your metabolism and I just I got big and then I just like everybody else assumed that that was the normal and now that I've blown myself down to like the 170s I remember coming across some kind of like the averages of society now <clears throat> and I think it was the 1950s where they said the average man was five foot nine and the average weight was 160 pounds and they said now the average man is 510 so we've gone up one inch and but we've gone up to 197 pound average so we've gone up an inch and 40 pounds almost and that kind of blew my mind on just how unhealthy we are and it's like the 80s I think seemed to be this kind of like where they villainized fats and then no one ever villainized carbs. So we started eating very pizza, pasta, lots of fast food. So that everything's on a bun and everything's full of um, fats and sugars. And so sugar and carbs, like I know sugar is a carb, but sugars and then like breads, like especially like um, Wonder Bread bread kind of stuff. 
I think we've bloated up 40 pounds across the board as a society. I think women ended up being, um, they also went up by an inch. It was like 5'3 to 5'4 or something in that ballpark. But they went from an average of 130 to 160. So they went, I think, to where men were for their average weight. And then men just skyrocketed by 40 pounds. So now that I'm 170 some pounds, it feels amazing. Um, joints and stuff are nowhere near in the pain range of it. And so then, of course, in my infinite wisdom, now I'm going to try and after the 5k goal, I'm going to try and reintroduce myself to a few other things. Like what I got hurt with 23 years ago was I blew my knee out playing basketball and it was, um, a pretty big love of my life or like that's the sport I really dug and so if I can keep this going get in 5k and then start pushing the pace um, I might join a senior men's league and it's kind of nice because there's two brackets there's like the people that are like 20 plus but then there's another league and I think it's 35 38 ish probably 35 and then it's 35 plus so I'm right in the ballpark for that where I would be competing against fellow dad bods so I think the competition would go down because I'm assuming if people stayed ultra competitive there'd be people blowing out knees ankles and falling over and not getting up um every game so I'm assuming it would be just a nice pace for me to kind of get back into it and revisit something that was um a pretty big passion of mine before I got hurt but the couch to 5k has been the mainstay even today there was a quick thunderstorm that blew over the city um, I waited that out kept my motivation up and just went and did my run and so three days a week I'm making sure I'm running till I get to that um, another strange thing that I've picked up is um, I borrowed a uh, electronic drum kit it actually was my ex-wife did a thing where um, people learned to play instruments and then did a song together is a live performance and it's a pretty cool concept but every time I went over there um I noticed she had this electronic drum kit sitting there and it didn't seem to be getting any love so I finally asked her one day I'm like do you mind if I borrow this I'm going to take some drum lessons and so because I must have googled some kind of lessons at some point in my life because you know how Facebook knows everything you're thinking now and so lessons for everything like drawing writing um instruments like every, anything I had kind of like googled at some point that I was interested in learning programming for dummies any of that and a site called Udemy kept popping up and so I finally went in there and found a uh, drum teacher and it was 20 bucks and it's like an 11 and a half hour course so tons of substance to it I've done one lesson so now twice a week I'm going to make myself sit down and learn how to play the drums I sat down and like binge through the first I don't know, maybe a couple hours already in the first lesson. So I'm kind of letting that soak in. But it's super cool to like see the building blocks of counting in your head and then keeping the rhythm and then separating between um, what you're doing with your hand and what you're doing with your feet. And then he'll bring in a super popular song and kind of when you're first starting out, he was teaching you like, here's bass, so boom, boom, and then the snare drum with your left hand and then of course here comes queen we will rock you and just i'm enjoying it it's probably the best 20 bucks i've spent in a long time and i'll have drum lessons to last me through the summer and hopefully i can get pretty decent at it and then once again that's kind of a neat other little goal so between getting myself in good shape um learning to run and then having the reach goal of 
maybe playing some basketball later again on a competitive, well, dad competitive level. And then um, the drums, I am feel like I'm still having some kind of striving or purpose outside of just being an ATM for life and just paying rent, paying bills and making sure everything in my house from the cat to the kid have meals. So it's giving a little more pep to what's going on. And I think a lot of that also has to do with just the general the weight loss and the fitness and seeing results like it was last May when I bought that Renfo scale and it lit up pretty red and not in a good way like a Christmas tree so I've brought everything down into normal and I think there's one type of like this fat that's in your skin I think it's subcutaneous I can't remember the which one um but there's one that's still kind of like above average or in the danger zone. So I just have a tiny bit more to go. Um, I bought a whole fleet of suits that are Euro skinny fit. So it feels really nice to kind of be wearing kind of like that fancy modern like slim fit look and looking good in it. And then once again, that kind of reflects on your attitude. Like when I get to wear something nice that looks nice and then people see that you're dressed up uh, and looking sharp, it it changes things around you. Um, as much as people don't want to say it, um, look does matter. So now that I've thinned up, it's summer, I'm out, I'm running and going for walks all the day. So like I've got some color in my skin, like a little bit of a tan, throw some nice clothes on top of that. And you, people notice and you actually start do standing up a little more straight and kind of, I don't want to say strutting, but you just, you kind of, you give that vibe off that you're being more positive and that you're in a better mood and kind of everything is rolled into it. So that's kind of another selfish reason that I'm excited to go back to work is that <clears throat> I have some nice clothes that I've bought during this break that not a single soul except for the tailor that has altered it has been able to look at. So that'll be kind of nice. Um, other than that, what else has been going on here? Um, just in news, um, since UFC is kind of the only real sport that's been up and running. I think F1 is also going. I uh, took in the UFC that was on the weekend. Um, They went out of their way. They had that fight island on Yas Island and they brought in three fight, three title fights and the main card was insane. And it was nice, like as much as you don't want people rushing to it, like I get there's no one in the stands. You want to be cautious and kind of keep everybody safe. And I know they canceled one fight at the last minute and had to bring in a fighter with six days notice to kind of round out the main event. So it's good to see them testing, but you don't want them running too fast, but it was nice to see sports. Like I don't watch normal cable TV, so I have no idea how bad some of these net like networks like Sportsnet or TSN or any, like whatever your country and whatever your main sports channels are. Cause there's usually like TSN one, two, three, and four. And like, June would have been full-blown NHL and NBA playoffs, and now all of a sudden there's nothing. And I remember like 15 years ago when there was a hockey strike, that's when poker blew up, and all of a sudden it's like, because they had to fill airtime, and so poker took off as a main thing. So I have no idea what people are filling the air with right now. I don't know if it's, if they have the rights to leagues so they can run like, oh, here's the 1987 NBA finals with the LA Lakers and Boston Celtics. Celtics? I think it was still Celtics. Or was it Pistons? I can't remember. I'm a horrible fan. But you know what I mean. Like I do not know how they're filling the space. So when UFC came back, um, it's awesome. And so watching UFC 
UFC 251 was super fun just and I watched it right from the get-go right through all the early prelims right through to the main card I think I watched somewhere between five and seven hours of uh, mixed martial arts and it was awesome just to see it like live it's weird how they have the commentators aren't even sitting together um, but once again their commentating team's amazing uh, love Bisping and so the main card was super stacked and it was pretty good to see like and just all it's everyone likes kind of drama to a point like this isn't pro wrestling drama but there's still it's nice to kind of be able to get invested in like the underlying stories and everything what's going on um just to go over the main card it was great like Paige Van Zandt came back um she took on Amanda Hebus um that was a big one because Van Zandt has been out for I think a year and a half she broke her arm pretty badly the last time she fought but she's kind of been at the center of the fighters are underpaid argument and um her case is probably a little better than some of the other fighters because she has such a huge instagram following and she's been on dancing with the stars so she has a little more um oomph behind her statements that she's like look i make more on instagram than i do on a fight but at the end of the day it's what do you want to be do you want to be a fighter or do you want to be um, a celebrity and so she had one fight left on her UFC contract and so she came back and she was fighting um, an up-and-comer Amanda Hebus and the fight I don't even know if it lasted half of the first round whereas it's submission 221 of round one and so it pretty much panned out the way you would have expected so and even after the fact when they talked to Dana White in the presser after he feels that Van Zandt should kind of kind of play the field so we'll see if she ends up with Bellator or if she ends up re-signing when she sees what the situation's like all over the world I don't know how many events Bellator's running but um she is super athletic but I don't know if she's that top caliber and like women's MMA in the last five to seven years like even the generation after Ronda Rousey um it has like the talent in that <clears throat> the entire women's MMA scene has just escalated huge. And I think Van Zant is one of those that's kind of getting left behind in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes. But that Amanda Hebus, even in the post-fight interview, she was so energetic. And I think that was kind of her coming out party. And it was nice to see how just upbeat and positive she was and just happy to be there and so you almost had like a changing of someone that was bitter about their contract and unhappy and almost fought their way out the door and then you have someone else that's on this winning streak and kind of up and coming and super happy to be there so that was a pretty good introduction for the night the next fight um Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade that was a rematch of an old um fight from oh man it's been a while since Namunas has fought so but that was kind of the rematch Andrade had dumped her on her head and won the title a while ago and so this was Rose getting a decision after three rounds so at least this time around it wasn't a five-round fight it never lasted five rounds the first time but still it was kind of a nice three-round fight to get everybody back at it after both of their championship losses so it was kind of It was a really good one. Rose's boxing, and I believe the commentators even touched on it, her boxing is up there across all levels of MMA, not just women's. Like, when you watched her, she was, like, her movement was amazing, and just her boxing, like, her jab, and just 
the first two rounds, she pretty much had her way. And then you could kind of tell in the third round, Andrade kind of, I don't know if her corner told her or if she kind of realized that she needed to do something. She just came out flying and Rose had a really bad shiner under her one eye uh, after the fight. But great stuff. So like the two women's fights out of the gates set the thing going. It still is weird for me to get used to watching UFC without um, an audience because I think they might sway some things too, right? So, and still like you can hear absolutely everything. The corners are yelling out to them too. So like in this case, there might be a language barrier. So someone from Brazil, you the other corner might not understand what they're kind of yelling for advice. But in some of these, like I know in the past where... I can't remember if it was Joe Rogan or Daniel Cormier was like talking through the fight and saying what they should do. And then the guy did it. And then in his post-fight interview, he was like, yeah, I heard uh, the commentary team talking about what I should do to like get out of this situation. And I did. So I don't know maybe if they've pushed the commentators back or maybe put them in like hockey penalty boxes so they can't be heard completely. I'm not sure what they're doing, but it's such a weird vibe without a crowd. Um, the middle fight of the night was for the, um, bantamweight title, which was kind of given up by Henry Cejudo. So then they brought in what they felt were the two most qualified guys. Um, Jose Aldo, who has a huge legacy of just being the man for the class above that. Um, and Peter Jan, he's just, he looked amazing. He just beat the brakes off Uri Faber last time he fought. And so these two went at it, and this is one of those, this is the time where you kind of bring up the refing in the night. There's always those that one case where the ref either dives in too fast or he just lets the guy take a beating for way too long. <clears throat> and this one, um, Jose Aldo probably got beat on for, like, I don't even know, it might have been even a solid minute, if not more, um, at the end of the fight, and just the ref could have stopped at any time. He literally was turtled right up covering his head and just took a beating for way too long um it's kind of sad he's been on a skid since probably the conor mcgregor loss i doubt that has anything to do with it like all these fights that he's losing he's in there and he's competing but he's just not winning at that staggering clip like he was when he was just the dominant dominant fighter and he's not even old he's 32 or 33 but it's another case where there's so many people like this has become a worldwide sport now and so now Someone from Siberia is the man. <clears throat> um, the next fight was the featherweight championship rematch. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway. Um, this would be my one example of the main card for where uh, you don't leave it in the judges' hands. Um, I watched all five rounds of it, and it looked like Holloway won the first three. And so, but then the fight did turn around, and he lost the last two. Right, so <clears throat> it's uh. And that's the whole thing. Like everybody always says, you never leave it in the judge's hands, right? Because you may feel you'd be winning, but it's such a weird system. And it's weird that they took the boxing like 10 point must system. And another thing is, what does a takedown equal? Does a takedown equal five punches to the head or does it equal like, it's such a weird thing. Like a guy could be boxing your ears off, but just doing it make contact like he's not even making them hard hits and let's just say but then he's fighting a wrestler and he's boxing his ears off but then at the end of the round the wrestler gets the guy taken down and kind of lays on top of him for two minutes like where's the value in all this stuff and it's such a open um 
to interpretation per judge that this was pretty much the case. And I think the consensus consensus online, because I was pretty active on Twitter that night, just kind of keeping up with what everyone was saying. And I believe most people believe that Max won that fight. But now what do you do, right? Like he's lost the title to this guy. And now he's in the judge's hands, lost the rematch. So that's back-to-back times the judges have um, went for the other guy. And so now with it being so close, and even in the first fight, there's people that thought Max won. And so I don't think that the UFC can rationalize running it back a third time, even though every it seems like Max is learning every time he fights against him. So what do you do? Or do you make Max work his way back up from wherever and fight his way back in there uh, I think there would be money in them running it back again but and also does Volkanovsky want to fight him again he's just beat him two times in a row like whether you believe the judges or not like obviously he's happy that the judges gave him the decision both times like he's 22 and one um, he might want to keep going on to build on his legacy instead of just fighting Holloway over and over and over again like I remember Max Holloway had to fight Aldo twice back to back and you beat him back to back and it's like sometimes the rematch is unnecessary and you don't need to go there but so it'll be interesting to see where that goes a lot of those lighter divisions are super stacked and even with Henry Cejudo taking a hike um, there's so many talented people so I look forward to kind of seeing where things go from here and then finally in the main event which was I think a major letdown for a lot of people um, especially the way Jorge Masvidal's been going he's been kind of ending things either spectacularly or he's been kind of piecing up his opponents um ever since he's entered what he calls the the resurrection after he went away and did um what was it he did a reality show I think and then he kind of came back and some you could tell something had changed and all of a sudden he was finishing people like he finished Darren Till and he has the record now against Ben Askren right and then he just pieced up um why is my brain not working? Uh, Nate Diaz. So he had three super impressive, like dominant, dominant wins. And um, so now he got called after, um, I think it was a six day notice he had. And so they needed an opponent for Usman and Masvidal had been on this kick to get paid properly for what his value was. So they must've kicked a significant amount of money to him. And then who also knows because he also had to cut 20 some pounds for this fight to make it to 170 so who knows um he got dominated pretty heavily um i think they said that in the clinch his foot got stomped on something like 200 times so it's funny watching people like especially people that weren't around for the george st pierre era because i remember when i was young and we would go to the bars and we would watch gsp matches these same arguments came up for Usman as they did back then for GSP about being boring and there's no excitement and there's no flashy KOs and that's at the end of the day the Fairweather fans are going to be they just want to see an insane KO and there was some pretty good KOs earlier in the night especially um, in the prelims there were some pretty nice looking knockouts and some kind of exceptional things done but yeah to have your night ended on this five rounds of what is probably one of the best wrestlers in the UFC doing what he does and I think this is why people wanted Ben Askren to get in there because Usman Usman versus Askren would have been wrestler and wrestler and then things would have been different but now you have this wrestler on top who's super in shape 
Um, guy looks like a statue and he's going to be able to have his way with these people that aren't as good. Like Masvidal, if it stayed standing, which would have been stupid to keep standing with him because he's been knocking people out and his boxing is impeccable, but his takedown defense was amazing. But still, even that he just got, you were watching a little bit of boxing and then he would get pressed against the cage for however many minutes and then foot stomp foot stomp and like I have a feeling if there was a crowd they would have turned on this fight which um sucks but the fans kind of and I don't even know if them booing would have changed the course right like you you fight to win you play to win and so Usman pulled off his strategy um I don't know if Masvidal having a full camp would have even affected that in any way but it was a heck of a card. Um, I think some people said that it was ridiculously long considering um, everything went to the fifth round. Even the Aldo TKO was at 324 of the fifth round. So you're talking three fights at 25 minutes each. So there's an hour and a half for three title fights. So they'll learn from it. It was the first fight Island one, and they never really stacked three title fights. Like I think it used to be back in the day when things were normal sailing you would just have a title fight for each of the pay-per-views like here's the heavyweight next month is the welterweight and just kind of go like that and you had a nice rotation but now I think they're feeling like they I don't know if they owe the fans anything but I feel like they want to put on a show especially with it being the first Fight Island event so they kind of went hard in the paint and just kind of put on this amazing one like I did not mind sitting up and I think I started watching at, with the time difference. I think it went four in the afternoon to almost midnight. So pushing seven hours with all the prelims and all the different interviews and everything going on. But well worth it. It was nice to see live sports. But I want to see them go slow, bringing the fans back into the crowd. Um, other than that, that was kind of my entertainment on the weekend. It was super nice to watch. Um, other than that, I've just been kind of stay in the course with what I said I'd been working on. Um, I've also tried to start listening to audiobooks and mix those into when I'm going for my walks to kind of just, instead of just always be blaring heavy metal in my ears. Um, <clears throat> I just picked up a book called Unfuck Yourself. Um, I don't know why, but it, I remember seeing it. It's a bestseller and I just the it says get out of your head and into your life and it's another one of those books and I think why it jumped out at me is um I think everybody knows that I have a like for Jordan Peterson and his kind of when he went on his uh ride of popularity his stuff is all about no nonsense and just kind of stop sulking don't blame others or don't be procrastinating every day and then wonder why nothing ever happens to you and this is another one of those books that's like here's why you're failing or here's what you need to do and it puts it in very layman's terms on why like here's what you're thinking even if you don't know it um consciously you're probably talking yourself down or you're talking yourself out of doing stuff and it's a very good like it could easily have multiple listens to it like I got the audiobook instead of the book because I just like being able to it's I've learned that being able to go for a walk or a run now and then play an audiobook, it's almost like doing double duty because you can't run with a book in your hand. So now it's I'm learning something while I'm also getting in shape, which is fantastic. And so it's another great book kind of on that same path about 
things aren't always out of your control as much as you think they are. Like, yes, there will always be those people that have those extraordinary circumstances that happen to them where it is truly a bad thing and what are you going to do? But in most cases, and like this book states, are you going to put in the extra work or why are you procrastinating? Ah, I can't talk. Why are you procrastinating on this? And so... And it's great because the book is also read by the author. And um, I like, I prefer when it's by the author, especially in cases like this. And so it's nice to hear him deliver it and put the emphasis kind of where he wants to on what points he's saying. And I found the same thing with Jordan Peterson's book is when you're listening to the author read their own work, especially when it's something that's meant to, I hate saying self-help, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. But it's just material to help you kind of realize where you need to kind of pick yourself up and improve yourself and with this book especially um, I found I've gone back and kind of started chapters over if I've kind of stopped my day halfway through and I re-listen to some things and pick some things up again that I may have missed while either running or having it on in the background while I'm doing cooking breakfast or whatever it is and there's some great points but I like how he says out of the beginning of the book um, if you can't take criticism or your feelings are hurt easily this probably isn't the book for you and that's it's true because it kind of makes you look in the mirror and be like what am I doing to procrastinate or I hate these people that have these things but am I honestly willing to put in the work and the time to get to those things and it's those things resonate with me but I do need to kind of put those things in practice more often like here with my podcast the thing is sat kind of up on blocks and just been sitting there and there's been a few times especially like when I said I had gotten the listens up to over 200 a month and things were going well and just the motivation drops off and the desire to keep going and become a success is less of a motivating factor than being able to make up an excuse and say well I could have and so that's why I'm sitting here starting this up again I think that there is room to improve, there's room to make something successful, and there's room to kind of achieve the goals that you've set out for something. And this podcast, when I started it up two and a half, almost three years ago, um, was a way for me to reconnect coming out of a divorce, but it was also, I felt that I did have something to offer with it, and I can do a good job of it. And so I do need these little subtle pushes and finding this book Uh, helped me out a lot and once again has kind of got the ball rolling like even after I was done my work today it was in the middle of a quick downpour but I could see that the sun was coming like it was just a quick cloud going overhead but it dumped on us I could have easily um, passed on jog number one of the week and just kind of rolled in and started playing wow or something again and I kind of took a lesson that I had heard in the book earlier today where it's you have to kind of you have to talk yourself out of these bad habits by and stay in the course like when you find yourself being lazy just put your foot down and be like no this is what I'm going to do I'm going to while it's raining I'm going to get my shoes and get my music ready or the book and just wait it out and the second the storm lets up go and I did that and it's funny to say I'm proud of myself and it's I hate patting myself on the back but I've already taken something from it I've gone for my run today and I've come I've sat down and I've clicked record for this and 
dug out my <laughs> um, recording software. So this is going to be the first kind of step. I'm going to hold myself to this. Um, I'm probably going to start recording on Sundays or Mondays and throwing these things up, at least having a Monday kind of thing. I liked the theme that I came up with before where I called it the drive. I don't know if that's going to stay as a theme. The drive, I liked having those little 10 to 15 minute kind of quick thoughts because at one point somebody said they don't like my long form. But at the end of the day, I believe my long form and my babbling there might be some value to it to somebody somewhere out there. So I'm going to keep it up. I'm going to keep kind of keeping track of what's going on in the world and what's going on with myself. And if people want to listen to what's going on in the world and with myself from my strange little point of view, you're welcome to come along for the ride. Um, It's kind of interesting to see how things have gone. It's weird that people are still listening to some of my older podcasts. Um, I had think during the pandemic I also got partnered partnered no affiliate on Twitch which was kind of a nice surprise but when everyone's locked at home I started doing Jackbox um, for my co-workers and it was a way for us to kind of hang out and still hang out I was the only voice and I was the only one kind of visible on screen but I rang Jackbox yeah Jackbox and um, that was even fun and I need to get back to that like I've let too many things hit partial success and slide and it's a horrible habit and through some of these things that I've read it's I know where my faults are and I need to get on it I still have another list of things that I want to get out of the way that I'm not I've bought a whiteboard and I have a whole bunch of things listed out and I would love to nail them by 2020 and kind of achieve these little things and some of them are as small as like right before the pandemic hit I had written a stand-up routine that was probably three to four minutes and I was ready to rock and then everything got shut down and I'm not going to forgive myself if I don't do this and so once the doors open to restaurants and people sharing a microphone that's on the list and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's up there that requires society to reopen but I can't allow myself to lose sight and I hope other people kind of can find through this book or through the Jordan Peterson stuff. He's got so many people have made a living off motivational videos by just kind of piecing up his lectures and just kind of taking this no nonsense kind of just motivational talk from him. And so we're going to end it there. Um, where did I want to say? I uh, thanks for listening. I am available on all platforms, as far as I know. I'm iTunes, Google Play. Um, the podcast is housed on SoundCloud. Um, I'm still on Spotify, um, which is mind-boggling just to see my name. Now, when you Google my name, it's just not some <clears throat> random article from the college newspaper from 1993. Um, it's kind of cool to see how this panned out how it started to take off and then what can unfortunately happen when you take your foot off the gas so we're going to keep going we're going to have this be a regular thing i'm going to hold myself to at least this i'm going to start reaching out to people i'm going to let go the whole they have to come here to record so i'm going to reach out and hopefully do some skyping stuff i don't know if that'll pan me into doing video probably not um i still kind of like the audio format being able to blast it out to all these places um, I'm also going to open myself up to questions. If people want to have questions, I will read them on air and give 
horrible, horrible advice from a 46-year-old divorced man, um, you can email me. It's just my name, Savage at gmail.com. I'll try and find a way that it doesn't filter out people, but I highly doubt people are going to seek me out in any way. Um, I am on Twitter at Savage, just my last name. Um, and also, I have started up a Patreon. Apparently, it came down for a while there because I had to add a few more things into it for the criteria. But I do have a Patreon and a Facebook page. They both go under PK Experience, all one word. Um, if you want to throw something as simple as uh, five bucks for a coffee at me, or I think I have a few tears in there, um, totally unnecessary. Um, my main goal is just to get my listenership back up and the numbers of people tuning into me back to where it was two years ago this summer where it was soaring up into the 200s and it, uh, not gonna lie, felt pretty good. So thank you for coming back to me. I promise not to disappear again and we will rewarp this format into something that works during this time just so that I can keep going and keep pushing and, uh, find some success again. Thanks.